Hello, and welcome to Talk Social to Me. I'm your host, Mackenzie. And today, Ben and I are joined by a wonderful guest, and it is Ben's little sister, Abby. She teaches us everything that we should know about Gen Z and how they use social media. And as somebody who is getting older on the millennial side as a 31-year-old, it was very interesting to hear how the younger generation are using social media, things that they really like, things that they dislike, and we learn how they like to be marketed to. So I really hope you enjoy this episode and let's get right on into it. Ben, do you want to introduce our guest today? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first of all, great to see you, Mackenzie. And uh, today, our special guest is my sister, Abby, who is a 20-year-old who Whoa. likes social media, consumes a lot of social media, and also creates content. So we're going to try to understand the enigma that is the, the 20-year-old mind and around that, <laughs> that area. So welcome, Abby. How are you doing? Hello. Thanks for having me. I am good. I guess this is like where we start at the beginning, because Ben and I talk about this all the time, because... Mm. I'm 31. I know Ben's younger than me and you're like the 20 year old. And I know that all of us kind of use social media way differently. Way differently. It's crazy. I've seen it more this trip more than anything. Really? What have you already noticed so far? Well, social media to me is I'm just kind of ingrained in my phone. I use Snapchat heavily, which is so uncommon for older people. And people think it's so weird to them. But like, my generation, we send pictures of our faces. It's crazy, but it's like a habit. I can't break it. I'm trying, but it's very <laughs> hard to break. I've been doing it since I was in grade seven or eight. So, okay, this is something that I don't understand. I had Snapchat for maybe like two seconds back in when it first launched. And I did it for like maybe a couple months. All my friends had it and I just, it was something that I never understood Mm-hmm. And then now, like, my friend's little sister uses it all the time. You you say you use it all the time. I guess I don't understand. Like, what are you using it for? Like, how are you consuming content on Snapchat? Honestly, it's my main communication source with everyone. Like, I'm on Tinder and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, anyone wants to talk to you, we don't use phone numbers. They're like, can I get your Snapchat? Oh, no. Like, at the bar, can I get your Snapchat? I'm like, so it's just, it's been so normalized with everyone that that's how we communicate we share stories like people would on instagram or we send pictures of our face and then there's the streak so like Mm. i don't care about that stuff anymore i've gotten rid of that but like when it first started people would send streaks and that's how the sending of face pictures started because like people just wanted to have a streak with someone so it's like a thousand days of you just sending a picture back and forth and you have a thousand days beside someone's name. It's insane. It's almost kind of like gamification. So you're trying to like win something in some tangible way. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a game. I think that also helps with the fact that you guys both need to collectively maintain it. Mm-hmm. So then it's like the accountability where you both feel like it's not a big thing, but you feel like subconsciously kind of like in debt to make sure that you stick up your end of the bargain. So you're saying that this is like your main form of communication and Mm -hmm. do you use besides Snapchat, are there any other like social media channels or platforms that you use pretty consistently? TikTok. Yeah. Very consistently. TikTok and Instagram. Those are the three main ones. I, not as much like TikTok's become more popular for me. Instagram's kind of whatever. I've noticed that with my generation we've been posting a lot more like 
dumps. So mm. on Instagram, we'll just post like a big array of pictures ranging from like pictures of the sky or whatever it is to like just fun pictures, which has been really common with us lately. Yeah. Other than that, those are probably the three main ones. Do you post quite often on Instagram or is that just something that you kind of like occasionally go on? I don't really post a lot. I've been trying to be more laid back about like just posting whatever I want because it doesn't matter. Yeah. But I I do post like the dumb kind of pictures, but it's all pictures I really have to think about and like (laughs) still. (laughs) That's very curated still. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Well, even so a lot of people who say they don't want to use Instagram a lot, they get Visco. But then even those photos are pretty curated too. So it's like, all we're doing is creating layers of separation, pretending that we don't care. And the Visco is like the next level of Instagram. It's pictures that you probably wouldn't post on Instagram, but like they're next up. And like everyone has it in their bios on Instagram. It's crazy. I do too. Like I, I say this, but so do I. It's, yeah, it's really interesting. But the question that I had I don't, is about Snapchat again. When you're watching or sending all these snaps, do you watch famous people's snaps or do you watch brand snaps? Like what kind of content do you actually consume? No. None. So you're strictly messaging. Yes. Like I don't, there are sometimes when I've gone through all the stories, famous people's stories will come up and you can subscribe to them and stuff, but it's at a different level. Like I just watch like main stories. I'm really not consuming anything important or informational on Snapchat. It's probably the stupidest app I have. (laughs) For TikTok, is it all like stuff that you're into? Like what kind of, who, yeah. who makes you follow? Like, who are you guys excited about? I know Alex Earl blew up, but is there anyone that's around your age that is really captured an audience? Yeah, I don't even follow Alex Earl, which is crazy. I mean, all of her videos come on my For You page anyways. But I follow girls that don't really, like, there's, there are no, there's no girls that have, like, huge names, but, like, lifestyle videos. I'm mm-hmm. so big on that, probably because that's kind of what I want to do. So I follow things that I'm inspired by and videos that, like, I would save and use later. Because then when you follow them, you can just go on their page and go through their whole page. Other than that, funny videos, animal videos. I don't know. <laughs> Some of the brain mushing stuff. Yeah. And I've been noticing more and more and like just for myself as well is like I don't want to consume a lot of influencers that have like huge massive amounts of followers now. Like I'm trying to seek out those like really small creators that feel like they have a certain lifestyle that's similar to mine and then like watch them get ready or like go through a day in their life. And I'm curious if that's like something that you are more interested in as well. I totally agree because like I'm more on the lower end. So I want to see how everyone else is building their brand. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's cool to see like them grow as I'm following them and watching them grow because I can also get pointers from them as well. So are there any brands, like I know that you said that there's not brands that you follow or watch on um, Snapchat, but are there any brands that kind of have done marketing well that in your opinion on like TikTok or Instagram that you're like, oh, this, they've, I feel like they've figured out kind of like the Generation Z marketing plan. Honestly, right now, Rare Beauty and Elf, because like I'm obviously really big into makeup, but yeah. what they do, I've noticed like especially in the last two days, Elf has been going off with getting paid partnerships with TikTokers. And like they don't even have that many, like a huge following or anything like that. 
they just they get them to make videos it says paid partnership and they rave about whatever product it is and it made me go buy it and there's been so many videos about that kind of stuff rare beauty as well it's the same kind of thing they've just been using other people to market their products and it's honestly genius because it's real reviews that like people are just it's raw footage yeah, I think that's really important because, yeah. again, like I said, I keep seeing all these videos of people just being like, I don't want to follow anyone that has a mass amount of followers anymore. Like the millions and millions of followers are out on that. And it's like very small micro creators that people are very much into at mm-hmm. the moment. Because mm-hmm. it's realistic, I feel like. TikTok also has become so much harder to actually get people to click the follow button. You see a lot of people that are growing now. They get a ton of views, but they still don't have a ton of followers. So yeah, it's, 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 it's reached that point where I, I don't know if it's saturation or, or what, but, but people don't click the follow button like they did like two years ago, even. I totally agree. Do you follow anybody in particular or is it just something that where you're consuming and then you kind of switch off on the app? I just kind of, yeah, do it as it, as it goes. Like sometimes I'll follow people and then like I'll go onto their Instagram and follow them on there too because mm-hmm. people have like their Instagram handles. But it's not anything that's really thought through. Do you think that communities can be built still on social media? Because obviously, if people aren't following anybody, like how do you build a following? How do you create a sense of community and brand awareness? I think you have to be really unique. Like there's this one girl, I don't know her actual name, but she calls everyone Jim. (laughs) And it's like a community. And Ben was trying to teach this to me. And honestly, it makes so much more sense. And I followed her and I watch all of her videos now. And she's like a bigger creator, but she has like a sense of where like the people watching her videos actually matter. And that's different compared to like Alex Earl, where she just gets, does get ready with me's and stuff. So like, I think people really enjoy watching videos where they're getting something out of it and like acting like they're being talked to in a way. Mm -hmm. Like the videos, like kind of one-on-one, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Where it feels like you're actually like FaceTiming them and they're just like having a conversation with you. Yeah. And she just, she does videos about everything and like just has like an, I don't care mentality, like videos of, and she's just like her raw self. You can tell. Do you know your friends see the same videos like when you guys come together to talk about what you've watched on your phone, is it usually the same creators or are you seeing a huge variety of like very tailored experiences? We're seeing way different things. It's crazy. Like even on my TikTok this morning, I think they try to like put random videos on your for you page to see if you'll go a different way and watch a different round of videos, like a Mm. different genre or whatever it is. My one friend loves cooking. So all of her videos are about cooking. (laughs) The other one is not hippie, but she likes like unique things and so she never watches like get ready with me's or anything like that if any of that stuff is just on my account when they follow me but it's all very different depending on their like likes i would say are there any creators or brands that have broken through across like that you guys would all be like oh i saw that person on tiktok alex earl is honestly the biggest one there's not a whole lot i would have to probably think about it no like i've asked my friends about this movie girl and they haven't seen her either the only reason they know about her is from the BFFs podcast. Mm. But yeah, there's not a whole lot. And also my friends aren't into like the same kind of creator stuff that I'm into. Like they like watching videos just to watch them. Also, one of my friends loves the Instagram reels. Oh my gosh. She's obsessed <laughs> with them. Like over like what? cooking videos and was, stuff. Why is that different than TikTok? 
that's what I've been trying to figure out. I don't know, but she's obsessed with it. She'll just go on Instagram and just like scroll. I'm like, what are you doing? Just like cool, like satisfying cooking videos or like eating videos. I'm like, what is going on? But it's no different than TikTok, I feel like, but I've never tried reels. Do you think it's like maybe the aesthetic? Because I feel like you have to be more aesthetic focused when you're on Instagram versus on TikTok. You can just throw anything at the wall and hope something sticks. Yeah, it must be. Like, I just, I don't understand that so, one. So you, you've you never watched Reels? No, never. <laughs> Unless I'm following that someone. Is, how is that even possible? So you've never clicked in once? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't know. I feel like they're wow, too much of my time in a way. Like I click on it and I'm like, oh God, it's a minute long. But you wouldn't do that on TikTok. If something was a minute long on TikTok, would you watch it? Um, yeah. And I think the thing is with TikTok is you only can tell by like the little thing going through. When yeah. I click on the reel or whenever I did a while ago, it always showed me the amount of time it was. Timestamp. So like, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's, that's too long for me. I don't want to watch it now. Uh, wow. I hadn't even thought about that because I'll watch longer content. But that is, <laughs> that would be a deterrent for people who have a very short attention yeah. span. And it was. And that's why I've never gotten into reels. It's fascinating, especially since I now that you can do like the two times speed on TikTok. If I'm noticing mm-hmm. yeah. that a video is too long, I immediately <laughs> click it. Mm-hmm. I do it too. I just I think I personally have a shorter attention span on TikTok than I do on Instagram mm-hmm. because I it's so easy. Yeah, in my head, I'm more aware that okay, Instagram it might be longer content, and on TikTok, mm-hmm. I'm expecting like very short, snappy pieces of content because that's what I've been conditioned to know on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And as soon as it changes for me, I'm like two times speed. I cannot watch this whole thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. That's oh, nuts. But the thing is, it's what's funny is that that's how it is on Instagram Reels too. You can quickly scroll, but there obviously there's oh, no. a deterrent there for you. Yeah, yeah, huge. My next question is, which is really hilarious because we, I feel like we watch a lot of the same content on TikTok. But because of our age gap, we're not going to get the same creator because I didn't know about Alex Earl until maybe like a couple weeks ago. Really? Yeah. Like she was not on my radar. All I do is watch Get Ready With Me's and like little outfit videos and things like that. I've never seen her on my platform one time. Wow. And That's I'm crazy. I'm curious if it might be an age gap thing because I get people obviously who are in their late 20s, early 30s. That's like kind of content that I get. And I, the only reason that she showed up is because I've been listening to a podcast about Call Me Daddy, like, and everything all about like the destruction and about that podcast. And since then, because I got, what's her name? Alex Cooper. I got all of her content. Then Alex Earl started showing up for me. But it's really fascinating that we watch probably very similar videos and I don't get any Alex Earl on my channel. That's so weird. That even wild. if you probably did, like if you swiped through one of her TikToks, you probably wouldn't have even known it was her. Like you probably no. just would have kept going. Yeah. That's crazy. The only reason, the only video that I got of hers was somebody commenting on how different she's, like how different she looks now. From like when she started to now. And that was the only reason that I got that content. No, Mackenzie, I think you're spot on with that though. It speaks to how curated people want things. Because not only do they want like a kind of content, they want it by the kind of creator that they resonate with. Yeah. It's like, like you can be watching the same stuff, but it's so different. It's so like brands. Yeah, that's a huge opportunity there to be so siloed. 
and speaking to different demographics, different communities. Yeah, exactly. Because I want, like, there's a very specific, like, makeup look that I usually go for or, like, a very mm. specific style that I go for. And and maybe internally I'm not realizing that I'm skewing older than what I am. And then now, like, seeing friends who have younger siblings and I'm looking at their stuff and, like, the curation is so different. Yeah, that is crazy. But I guess, the, yeah, that makes sense. You want to see yourself and what you're consuming so that that doesn't make complete sense yeah absolutely um because your brother is a content creator on youtube and that's where he pretty much got to start do you watch any youtube or is that just not a channel i love youtube for different people like tana mojo the canceled podcast bff's podcast of course brooke schofield's there's a couple girls it's more podcasts and i was walking watching the nelk boys this morning so it's just kind of, they also do the same thing. Like they show you videos that they think you'll like as well mm-hmm. after watching whatever it is. But yeah, it's usually YouTube, Netflix, and Disney Plus. So D- YouTube's like the main one that I watch. So, so is that mostly for podcasts then? Yeah, podcasts. And then like the odd vlog that Tana likes to post. I'm curious about the podcast thing because I I don't consume any podcast on YouTube. I only watch like vlogs and people traveling to different Mm -hmm. places that I want to go to on YouTube. So do you sit down and actually like watch it or is it just something that you have in the background while you're doing something else? Sometimes I'll watch it. I'm way more visual. Like I know you can listen to the BFFs podcast on like other things, but I love watching. I don't know. Looking at them like keeps me entertained. So I'll either watch them while I'm getting ready or I'll watch them while I'm doing schoolwork or something. And just kind of have like either my computer sitting there and I'll be writing notes or something or it's always on though. Like their screen's always on. Just so I can always look back. (laughs) Just so like they're there, like you have friends in the room with you. (laughs) Yeah, like sometimes little background sound or whatever it is. So do you feel like, and I'm, and this is something that I've realized in myself in the past like few years. Do you feel like you have a parasocial relationship with these people that you're following for like the past how many other years you've been following them? So Abby, that word that word means that like just to make sure, because I know it's not a very commonly used term if you're not in social media. It means like you feel like you know the person, basically, even though you've only consumed their content. Honestly, I've never had that feeling. Mm. I don't know what it is. Like the people that I've followed more recently, I haven't been keeping up with for a long time, and maybe that's why, because I haven't really been following anyone along for a long time. And also now that I'm more into like making my own videos and stuff, I think that's something I probably would start doing. Yeah. But I didn't really care before. I would just watch videos to watch them and not taking in any of the information or any of the tips or tricks that they're kind of showing you and just going along. And I feel like that's a lot with my generation. No one actually is taking anything in. They're all just <laughs> doing just it because it's something they do. Staring at the screen. Yes. <laughs> I just, I've noticed it more in myself recently and I've like, had to shut that part of myself down where I've been following somebody online for like 10 years and it feels like they're my friend because I've basically seen them from the beginning. Then they had a family and now I'm like, oh, my friend, blah, blah, blah. And like, I have to remind myself. I'm like, I don't actually know this person. <laughs> That's awesome though. I wish. Yeah, no, I've never really had that. I mean, what is that family called on YouTube? um they they've kind of everyone started hating on them so I kind of backed down but I was never I never get that feeling though yeah 
and I, I think that that's not everyone. Like, I think people, yeah. some people do, especially with YouTube, more than, like, TikTok or anything. But I, that's just never been me. Well, that's good because I know that there's a lot of people out there who are, like, I'll go through comments and just, just like, the chaos of people who think that they have ownership mm-hmm. over certain creators is wild to me. Mm-hmm. And they're obsessed, too. Like, they're, they truly believe it's their heart. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and then content creators being as big as, I don't know, like Taylor Swift and where people have like this obsession and they want to follow them and they want to know absolutely everything in their lives. Yeah, I feel like that would be way too time consuming. I could never, like, obviously I love like certain artists and stuff, but like being like a diehard, like I need to know what they're doing every single minute of the day. That's just, that's crazy. I couldn't. It's too time consuming. But that's also not everyone. Like, I know there's people, like, in my generation that are way different than me and do exactly that. Like, the Swifties, they're like a cult. Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about that soon, so. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're deeply passionate. But that, that's probably the biggest one that is huge and very mainstream that I can think of. Where, oh, yeah. Like, I know almost everyone in that community really feels like they know Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like part of that is because she's opened it up so much, like, been very connected with her fans through social media, which again True. creates that parasocial relationship even stronger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was one of the early ones that really saw the opportunity of that, and and it paid dividends because she was even like really early with like having a website and allowing people to buy merch to that and stuff. So yeah, it makes complete sense. Absolutely, because you said that you are starting to create videos for yourself. Is that something that you've been wanting to do since you've gotten social media? Like, how did that start for you? It's something I've always kind of wanted to do when I was younger. I would make little cute videos, <laughs> like really young. The Abby show. Yeah, I had my own show on my mom's <laughs> phone. It was a real thing. But now with like the way that people talk and I'm in university and like hearing what people have to say about other people, I was way too scared to start videos. And it was honestly just because of everyone else. I was scared of what everyone was going to think of me. Like the cringe factor of it all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But now I'm like, I just don't care anymore. And I feel like now that I finally don't care, I'm a little bit late to the game. So mm. which makes it a little bit harder. And I have to be that much more unique when I'm posting videos and stuff like that. But I think yeah. the pressure on your guys, like you guys all look at numbers and that's all that talks. Yeah. Like I, I think that is a lot of pressure put on you by pure vanity because people are just like, oh, you need those followers. I don't think a lot of people that are your age are, are even thinking about like, what does that followers mean for changing in terms of my life and business? Like that's one of the biggest mistakes that a lot of young creators run into is they're just so obsessed with the clout factor that they forget mm-hmm. that the clout should, should mean something like, at the end of the day. Like everyone was at a low at one point, like no yeah. one just started and got TikTok and had a million followers. But people think that is the case though. And so like that that kind of association has become a thing where it's either like, if you have that, you're good. If you don't, you're bad. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some of my friends that I thought would never like, not support me, but like, like my videos reached out and were like, I honestly love the videos that you make. It's so funny. And like now, like, cause they know me on a personal level. I think they like them a little bit more, which is like a sense of comfort, of course. But it's something I wish I started earlier for sure. Yeah. And I think a lot of people... And I'm going to include myself in this because I never wanted to be like the face of a brand. So I've always just helped brands like build up their social media. Mm -hmm. But now looking back on it, I was like, oh my gosh, I 
I should have put my face out there more and like started my own channel because I know how to help people and I could have helped myself a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But I just, I think that's the hardest thing is people can't get past that cringe factor. Like other, maybe other people will see it that they know. And then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, all these people that I know are seeing my content and that's, they're going to like make fun of me. And it's just like, you can't think that way if you actually want to own the space that you want to be in. Yeah, exactly. And like, I had someone at the bar, like a couple weeks ago, come up and be like, I think I've seen you on TikTok. And like, it's not (laughs) like I have, it's just because I'm in Guelph and I tagged the location of Guelph. So obviously just happened to, he happened to see it. And I was like, yeah, do you like my videos? Like I was super (laughs) confident back to him. So he like was like, oh, so he was kind of like, I was expecting her to be like, probably give a different, yeah. And because I wasn't that way, he came back up to me later again was like, I actually do. I'm like, it's cool that you're making videos or whatever, because like he didn't give the reaction I thought he was going to give or I was going to give to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's funny to see how like as soon as you show a little bit of confidence, like even after making the videos. Well, I think it's a great like if you really want to do it, it's a great test to determine who is someone you should keep around and who you shouldn't like based on Mm -hmm. how they respond is typically an indication of what that person feels about themselves and their situation. So that's how I view it when I did it. Cause I used to get roasted all the time for being the YouTube guy or the podcast kid. And so then I was just like, Hey, well, this person's clearly very insecure if they care that much about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I feel like it's more normalized now. Like everyone just kind of likes the videos right now. I don't know if I was, I'm also not totally comfortable with the camera. So if I was being myself totally in front of the camera, <laughs> some people might think I'm a little strange. <laughs> But as of right now, everyone is super, even people that I don't really talk to have been like, I really like your videos. It's so cute. So for those who are kind of wanting to start out like creating videos and things like that, how did you get started and how have you been making yourself feel more comfortable on screen? I first started with doing lifestyle videos, like a day in the life with sound. So I can kind of get used to like videotaping and stuff like that. And even parts Mm -hmm. of like myself doing my hair, doing my makeup, whatever it is. And then once I got a little bit more comfortable, I would do videos of me doing my makeup with sound so I didn't have to talk. And then I eventually finally broke the ice and did a video of me talking. The first one was so awkward. I went back to it a couple of days ago and I was like, oh my gosh, even like (laughs) from the two month span that I've been doing it, I've gotten so much more comfortable with the camera. And like when you first start off, I feel like you sh- can just kind of talk about whatever. I've seen so many get ready with me as a people just talking about their day, what they're getting ready for. And it's as simple as that. Like as soon as you start making the content, it becomes easier. And then like I love doing it. So as much as I can get out, I will now. I'm not totally comfortable. Even Ben goes, you weren't totally talking normal in that video. <laughs> and it's just like I don't even realize I'm doing it. Yeah, no, everyone does. Like, it, it's, it's a natural thing. Like, even yeah. like, people have been filming themselves forever. Like, they go back and it looks slightly different. And it comes, it gets closer and closer to normal with more and more reps. Mm-hmm. And, and I think almost all the fear lies in the first video. And if you understand that the first video is going to be cringe no matter what, like, it, it, that becomes a little easier. Another thing you can do if you're trying to start posting videos, for anyone listening to this, is, like, make a video and never post it. If you need to start somewhere really far back, do that and then work mm-hmm. your way up. And don't go back and look at the video and don't analyze, overanalyze <laughs> any of it. Don't even look at the likes or anything. Like it doesn't matter. To kind of go back to Snapchat for just a second, if you were a creator creating content for a brand on Snapchat, 
how would you approach that content? How do you think that brands should approach content when it comes to trying to engage somebody your age in marketing? On Snapchat? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a tough question. I'm honestly not sure because I just, it's not that I don't ever see the content. I just, I'm not interested in it on Snapchat. Is there a massive difference when, so you were saying you look at stories of your friends and then it automatically goes to like a celebrity story or a brand story. Is there a massive difference, like a disconnect when you, that pops up? Yeah. Yeah. It's huge for me. I immediately know I have David Dobrik on Snapchat. I think I have some like, not like makeup people, but if Mm. it was me and I was going to do something on Snapchat, I would probably, let's say it was makeup related because that's probably what it would be. I would put a picture on my story of like me wearing whatever the product is, like full face with the product on and probably mention something about like, if you want to see how I did this or like use this within my look like watch the next watch the next video or next Snapchat. I don't know. Or like have that and then immediately go on to it. But something to capture people to watch the next video. Because I feel like if it was the first one, they'd be like, oh, it's another of the same video. Like they want to see what the aftermath is for them yeah. to hook on to watching whatever it is or getting attached to whatever it is. So do you watch a lot of like content creators snap snor- stories or is it just your friends? Just my friends, usually. I have a couple content creators. I think, maybe not even. I had Shane Dawson, I think, and Jeffree Star. And I think I, like, unsubscribed. David Dobrik, he spams his story. Mm, So I don't even watch it. That's another thing, too, with content creators. They literally, I don't know if it's just, like, the few that I have, but they seem to just spam them. I'm like, I don't care. That's David's main platform now. Because after that whole... Is it? Really? After that whole issue with what was that guy's name who who used to work for him who hit his face against the tractor? Oh, um, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. After that whole Jeff scandal, he kind of got away from YouTube and he's been doubling down on Snapchat. So that's why he posts oh. so much there, is because that's oh. his primary platform, and they've been paying out huge sums to creators. Oh, that's crazy. David Dobrik allegedly makes around thirty-five to forty k a day. A day. From, from Snapchat stories, which amounts to $10 million a year. Jeez. Okay, we need to figure out Snapchat, guys. We need to double down on this. And the one thing for, I think it's pretty obvious why he would want this is it's the opposite of YouTube. YouTube is high effort, high reward, but very high effort. He's getting higher reward with low, effort. low like effort. Snapchat content doesn't need to be cinematic or produced at all. Mm-hmm. So like, I get completely why he's doing it. It's also a safer space because it skews way younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's way easier for people to like look at your videos. Like as soon as they're done going through everyone else's, they're automatically just going to go to yours. Is that the first app that you kind of open during the day? Mm, recently, it's been TikTok, the first one that I open actually. But it's between TikTok and Snapchat for sure. Have you ever looked at your screen time numbers for which apps you use? Yeah, it's crazy. Pull it up right <laughs> now. Let's I am, see. I am. Um, so TikTok is nine hours and 46 minutes. Oh my God. A week? This is, yeah, week. Okay. And five hours and 55 minutes for Snapchat, an hour and 40 for Instagram, an hour and a half for Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> All those numbers sound too low to me. That's crazy. Let's see within a day. Let's do yesterday because I was on my phone a lot yesterday. Let's do that. 
three hours and six minutes on Snapchat yesterday, an hour and 45 minutes on TikTok, 30 minutes on Instagram. So it's like triple the time on Snapchat versus TikTok. It is. Yesterday it was, yeah. Well, Mackenzie, when uh, they all do this too, like it's not just not just Abby, but they all like just send constant snaps of each other, not saying anything. How is that communicating? I feel like so old. I'm like I'm not old. I know I'm not old, but that makes me feel so old. <laughs> I'm looking at it and I'm like, are you guys? They they don't even say anything. Like whenever I send a snap, there's a very clear reason, and I'll add context via text. Yeah. There's almost none of that at all. It's just. Like forehead, forehead, look at my ceiling. Like it's crazy. People consider that communicating now. Like people like actually say like you didn't talk to me all day. And like that means you hadn't Snapchatted them a picture of your face all day. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't get that one. I've never understood that one. Mm -hmm. About what? They get butthurt like, oh, you didn't talk to me all day. And I'm like, or you didn't like... You didn't snap me all day. Like, that basically means you hadn't talked to them all day. And I'm like, what? Like, you want your daily picture but, of my face? But you guys don't even... Yeah, that's that's the thing I don't understand is... I guess that's now a form of communication between the two of you. But I don't know. If, if I'm not saying anything, I feel like I'm not communicating. But maybe this is yeah. a new language you're building. Like, when you, is there something you're trying to say in these images you're sending? Like, I know it's not like a boomer saying that. But, like, like <laughs> is there anything behind it? Or are you literally just saying... This is a box I need to check. It doesn't matter what what it is. For me, it's not that anymore. Like with the streaks things, it used to be like it was something I had to do. If a lot of guys send pictures, like if they're trying to get you to start a conversation, you'll know that they're trying to do that. If they send like a picture from above and they get like their whole body in it or if like they're trying to look good, you can kind of tell. Oh, God. That's how they talk? Yeah. This is like this is mating... <laughs> Everything's a dating app, honestly. But mm-hmm. like, this is legit. Like that, that's which is wild. also crazy. Random people add me on Snapchat, and like you Why can you tell, I don't. I don't how do they back. find you? You can tell when they add, exactly. You can tell when they add you how many mutuals you have with other people. So I have people that add me because there's like a mutuals list on Snapchat where you can see a bunch of people mm. that you have mutuals with. So I guess that's where they add you from. Just like you don't even know who I am. Why would you want me on Snapchat? Because it's just so normalized to add someone on Snapchat and send stupid pictures back to me. That makes sense because it does suggest people based on who you are connected with. Yeah. And there's no like like public display to add them, mm-hmm. right? Whereas on Instagram, if you try to follow someone, like you have to basically say, yes, I tried to follow this person and other people know you did that. Whereas mm-hmm. someone adds you on Snapchat, unless you go tell people, no one knows that. Like You can be more anonymous. Yeah, I have a lot more randos on Snapchat. That's so weird to me because it's a total opposite for us. But I see their story. I see their story and I unadd them. So I'm like, when did this happen? Like, when did so, I add you? But I feel like Mackenzie and I, like, I have nobody that I don't know really well on Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I don't have Snapchat. You don't even have it. <laughs> no, I don't have it. I haven't used it in like years. And all my friends, I do have a couple of friends who do have it and they will save their Snap story and send it to me because they're like oh i know you don't have snapchat so here here's a personal one for you (laughs) yeah Yeah. and honestly now it's like if i wanted to get rid of snapchat i feel like i wouldn't be talking to a lot of the people that i do talk to like a lot now social suicide yeah i would everyone would think i've gone ghost because i stopped using (laughs) snapchat so it's like a thing that like i feel like i'm locked in now that's so wild i just 
I'm going to get my head around it one day, but it still just boggles the mind currently. I know. Even last night, Ben's like, why do you have so many Snapchats? (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes I open them in front of my whole family and they're like, I don't get it. I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) So you also just find it a bit odd how you guys use it. I do. And honestly, lately I've stopped using it. Like if I go scroll my Snapchat, I, there's a select few that I Snapchat like every day, kind of. And then there's some that are from days ago because it's like I Snapchat them when I want to talk or I have something to say about school mainly. But then again, like doing that is so awkward for me because I'm like, they'll probably think I want something because I haven't Snapchat a picture of my face in three days. So I'm Snapchatting them, asking them, like, oh, how did you do on this? Or, like, how did you do this? Or whatever. And they probably think I just want something from them because I haven't sent my daily picture of my face. Do you not text? Is that not a nope. thing? No. They don't, yeah, they don't really. I'm so confused. Which I've been trying to get people to do more. Like, my close friends, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm living in the same house as you. I'm not sending you a picture of my face. If you need me, you can text me. Maybe this is why the younger generation has more social anxiety because they're snapping. Mm-hmm. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was, um, as you're saying that, I, I was trying to think about, okay, what was the equivalent when I was in high school or whatever? And that was just yeah. showing up to school. Like that was your continuation in that social group. Whereas now mm-hmm. if you live on your phone 24-7, I guess you'd have to go to school or show up, you'd have to do it on your phone. And that's through mm-hmm. Snapchat. That's so strange. Yeah, it's not yeah. something like I can say like I like doing, but it's something that it's a habit now. When you're sending these snaps, do you see any ads or is it completely ad-free? It's ad-free. So how are they making money off you then? I think I there's a it. majority of people that are probably going, or not a majority, but a lot of people still going Consuming to. content. Mm-hmm. And they're getting content creators to make stories and the, that's getting ads in there. Maybe there are and ads on the stories, but when I'm Snapchatting whoever there's nothing between stories there might be some ads but that's it yeah and i know a lot of people are subscribers through snapchat so they i think they're the biggest platform that has the most subscribers to their platform what does that get you yeah i don't know i know that like you oh you know what i think that if you have your story on everyone and not just my friends that's like a subscription that's like subscribing Mm. to someone I believe that's what it is, but I don't have that. Like, I just have it on my friends. So anyone that I'm actually a friend with on Snapchat can see my stories. But let's say someone added me and I never added them back and I had my story on everyone, then they could see my story. So I see it here right now. So Snapchat Plus comes with, uh, you can customize the app icon. Cool. You get a <laughs> you get a Snapchat Plus badge. I don't want that. You can pin one friend as your BFF. You can customize the app by using chat wallpapers bitmoji backgrounds custom notifications sounds and more these all sound like horrible features and get yep. early access be the first to the newest snapchat features and enhance your stories see how often friends watch your stories and boost them to get more views wow that's kind of rat so if you pay you can see how many times someone rewatched your story yeah and the thing is is everyone who you have on snapchat if you have snapchat plus everyone around you knows Oh. Oh, so they just so yeah. so they make sure not to watch your stuff multiple times. Yeah. Like, if I was to open someone's Snapchat that has Snapchat Plus, it has, like, emoji beside it, so I know if they have it or not. Wow. That's so weird. Yeah. This is so strange. 
And it's scary because it's like, am I going to be doing this and when I'm 30? Am I, am I going to be Snapchatting pictures in my face when I'm 30? I hope not. Just just start texting. <laughs> just start I know. Texting. I am trying to, yeah, I'm slowly trying to get to that, but it's so hard. Yeah. I mean, I never thought that I was going to have Instagram and still use Instagram 10 years later, but yet here mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's my job. <laughs> oh, man. I think that's all I had questions about. Ben, did you have more questions? No, I think we covered the big ones for sure. But if I think of any more, I'll ask her and then I'll bring it to the next episode. Perfect. Can't wait. Well, thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks, Abby. Thank you. Do you want to plug yourself a bit? Sorry? What does that mean? Do you want to plug your your TikTok, your Instagram <laughs> handle? You know what's funny is I don't even know my TikTok handle, but um, my Instagram is, okay, no, my TikTok's Abby Robinson with three E's. And then my Instagram is Abby underscore Robinson underscore. Don't add my Snapchat because I won't add you back. (laughs) There you go. I'll make sure to add that all in the show notes, but thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was so much fun to talk to you guys. It's so funny seeing the difference and everything <laughs> with social media. It's crazy. Yeah. I just, me and Ben talk about all the time, like how different him and I just consume. And then yeah, mm-hmm. just hearing somebody even younger, it's wild. Well, yeah. yeah. It is insane. Well, it was great to speak with you, Mackenzie. You yeah. guys as well. Have a good rest of your day. You as well. bye thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed that episode and if you did please give us a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast and that's what we want to do is just continue to make these things for you and bring you more social media news as ever you can follow us over on instagram at flick.social on tiktok at flick.social and on youtube at flick.social you can also find us on x we are at flick underscore social because you can't do dots on there for some reason And yeah, we really hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you all in two weeks. Goodbye.